Yeah. Uh, we're the fat boys and we're here to rock. Uh, uh, (laughs) 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 Oh, if you Oh, we're doing a podcast. Hello. Well, welcome back to the Phil Craft Survival Podcast. Uh, Obviously, this is a shooting the shit episode. Yeah. We haven't done that in a long time. We d- you didn't even introduce us, so we got to fuck that up. Nah, we don't have to introduce ourselves <laughs> on the shit yeah. shit like They know what they've got themselves into. This is the host, Mike. Uh, uh, this is your host, Kurt, your co-host. <laughs> um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Is there? <laughs> I'm hoping you have an agenda. I'm making it up as I go. <laughs> <right> <laughs> I'm look. I'm actually. Oh yeah, we're free flowing like the fat boys. Yeah, we're yeah. Beatboxing or whatever that was called. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> one. Okay, so um, now that we're off that horse, um, let's get on to another. <laughs> one. Um, so uh, yesterday or recently, we had Tim Foley on the podcast. Tim we Foley. Did. He's the guy from Cartel Land. Yes, he is, and he is the guy that started Arizona Border Recon. What's interesting is we got the uh, email from a, I'll just say a federal agent. Uh, yeah, don't say anything. I know. We got a <laughs> no email. names, no yeah. nothing. I'm gonna read it verbatim. Oh God, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he 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 was like, "Fuck Fieldcraft. We're yeah. gonna burn down your Prescott you location." He said that uh, everything at Tim Foley, who, if you guys don't know and you're not really listening to us, is the guy who, um. Was on Cartel Land. Yeah, he was made famous by Cartel Land because he's. A, I feel like this is a TBI moment because you just said the did, same did, thing. Did I really? <laughs> You're like, no. So. Somebody called me and I'm like, who's that? <laughs> North, that's North Carolina. Yeah, their people was are calling me. <laughs> um, but he, Cartel Land, he's the guy who was the Arizona. He started the Arizona Border Recon element, right? And um, yeah, he lives ten miles from the border. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and he's he's living it. And he's in a real world. Yeah. Well, the I think one of the most interesting things for me out of that, one, uh, that podcast was his conviction to do what he was doing. You know, people have called into question his motivation. I even had people comment on my Instagram page. You know, they were curious about his motivation and everything. And, you know, the feeling that I think both of us got from this guy is that he's a genuine dude and he's just trying to make a difference in this country, uh, based off of a, you know, an ongoing systemic issue that is undeniable. So yeah, he's not, he's not fronting. He's not faking. He doesn't really have an agenda outside of just living his life in his backyard, just the Mexico border. So what is he going to do? Yeah. Right. Uh, and then, you know, there, we got, we didn't get into his motivation completely. I mean, he described kind of the you know, being in construction for over 30 years and, you know, different experiences with illegal immigrants as far as being on the job site. And um, I kind of feel like that was one of the, that was definitely a a primary motivating factor. But uh, I think, you know, uh, the other one is, is that he considers himself a patriot. And, you know, we took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yep. And he still takes that pretty seriously, obviously. And, you know, one of the other things that I thought was interesting about that podcast is the fact that in that uh, the documentary Cartel Land, you know, they they describe what happens south of the border with uh, the group that was set up called Auto Defensia, which basically, you know, they started off basically rolling up cartel guys and liberating these towns from uh, the clutches of the cartel. 
and uh, you know initially they were handing over their their detainees to the you know the federales mm-hmm. or local law enforcement or whatever inside of Mexico, and then of course you know because of rampant corruption, all these things, these guys end up right back on the street, and so they started killing them. <laughs> Yeah, um, which is how they roll, right? And uh, you know the the important I think distinction for me is that you know Tim and the guys that volunteer down there are not doing that. Um, they said he's never been in a gunfight, which I was surprised by. Yeah, I know, dude. I was like, I, I was actually thinking it was like he was going to have some Wild West gunfight stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said they don't want to play. I mean, you pull a gun on a guy in your country who just yeah. crossed the border. I mean, and yeah. yeah, yeah, they're doing it right down there. You know, he's got all their rules of engagement, exactly what they're doing. He's like, hey, we've got nothing to hide. He's like, you want to come down to the border and see what's going down? I mean, he invited Mike and I down, and he's had plenty of international journalists down there. He's had a ton of people down there to kind of set the record straight. And so my you know, my stance will always be if you uh, are being fed a line of bullshit from the media, politicians, um, or any of those goofballs, like you need to do your own research and see what's really going on to have an informed opinion because nowadays it's really hard to get uh, the truth out of both of those elements about what's really going on. Yeah, I think uh, what I liked about the podcast too is we just didn't get the short snippet. We got the whole story. I mean, yeah, I could have taught that dude honestly for hours. I know. And that podcast was, oh, what, two hours, an hour and 56, yeah, something crazy. Hours, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we were both like, I think that's the, you know, the least amount of time you and I have ever talked on a podcast because his story was really interesting. And this guy, you know, he's 59 years old. He's going to be 60. And, uh, you know, he's out there, he's walking the walk, which, you know, regardless if you agree with it or not, like the dude is out there, you know, people talk a lot and that guy's out there uh, actually doing it. Yeah, so. I was enthralled with the story and uh, appreciate him coming out. And, you know, he even invited us to go see for ourselves. Yeah. And that's something that we're probably going to do just for maybe the YouTube channel, just show yeah. people the situation on the border and, you know, confirm the uh, the suspicion of everybody that, you know, oh, there's there something nefarious going on? Well, we could prove it. Let's go out yeah. there and just see it with our own eyes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so business-wise, we've been doing a whole bunch of stuff with Phil Craft. Survival Incorporated. Now we're Incorporated. We're no longer an LLC, so <laughs> yeah. don't hit me with that Inc. anymore. We're Inc. And, um, you know, we're having a good time in Prescott, Arizona. I, I fucking love this place. <laughs> I'm a big fan, man. I'm actually excited. This is the, I think, the second week I've been home. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you didn't. I didn't tell you yet, but you're leaving again <laughs> yeah. this weekend. Well, I actually am leaving. Uh, I have to go and work with another client somewhere else. But anyways... Uh, no, it is. It's, this is a beautiful place. Um, I know we joked about it on a couple other podcasts. Initially I was like, eh, I don't know about Arizona and, um, you know, my family likes it here. I like it here. So yeah, I'm all in son. Um, Prescott AZ, AZ son. <laughs> um, so, uh, some interesting things that we've done, uh, that you did, you, uh, you actually, uh, ran an everyday mobility course and, um, we- Wick- Wickenburg. Wickenburg. Yeah. I'll always remember it because of the people that live there. <laughs> so, um, you know, for people who don't know about our everyday mobility course, we, we actually just posted one for September 8th and 9th in Prescott, but we basically do overland slash off-road. And I don't even give a fuck what, like, 
don't classify it and don't be like, whoa, you guys shouldn't be over. Because I don't care. You can call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> we debate it every fucking time I put it up. That's why I just like to stick yeah. to mobility. Everyday mobility course, off-road survival, uh, recovery. We're doing all kinds of stuff in that space. It's a really fun... I, I, to, honestly, for me, well, when I taught those courses before, outside of this course, because I wasn't there for this one, but um, it's like a vacation. I, I like teaching people, yeah. but the fact that you get to teach people and off-road and do survival shit the whole time, that's like in our wheelhouse. So uh, you guys had some interesting experiences. You almost got... Uh, I got like... I'm like cataloging my interesting experiences, because yeah. before that, I was in Denver at Overland Expo West. Oh, yep. We well, I think we talked a little bit about my run in with the guy with the hammer sickle, yeah, form tattoo and the yep. Antifa tattoo and all that At kind the bar. of stuff. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, I was drinking, just a, buddies. You guys are drinking, buddies. yeah, yeah. He was my bro, Tato Chip. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but no, one of the things that stuck out with me is you know. We, I felt a little bit sheltered at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, in the sense that, you know, I never, I mean, I, we traveled, you know what I mean? And we went TDY, which was, you know, temporary duty to train in different places in the United States and went overseas and did all this stuff. And, uh, you know, running around out West, it's kind of, it's pretty surprising to me. Uh, well, at least it was in Denver at the Outdoor Retailer Expo, you know, I mean, we drove by a park in downtown Denver and it looked like the walking dead. Um, you know, there were, it looked like homeless people all over the place. I mean, it it was just, it was crazy, man. Like the, the volume, I guess was what was shocking to me. And, you know, I, at that point I'm wondering like, why is it like that down here? You know? And, and I heard some different opinions from people that I was traveling with and, and everything that was going on, but it was crazy, man. Like if, if you ever get the opportunity to roll through <laughs> yeah. on a safari, you want to yeah. go to safari? You want to see an Denver. urban safari, um, uh, go check out downtown Denver. It was quite interesting. What were some of the opinions? Uh, one of them is that uh, the legalization of marijuana in Colorado being the first state to legalize uh, brought a lot of, you know, basically riffraff the way they were described. Uh, from that opinion, uh, they all kind of flooded into the state. And so now they're dealing with, uh, you know, a lot of folks that came from other urban centers uh, that basically want to smoke pot. So um, I don't know if that's true or not. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know why. I mean, the guy that shared that opinion is actually a, a good friend. And uh, he has has been a, you know, he's a native Coloradoan and he was like, the state was not like this before marijuana was legalized. So no, it wasn't, yeah. At all. Yeah, so uh, just, a, you know, interesting to see what was going on down there. Um, and, I mean, like you can't, as an American, like look at that stuff and then look away and wonder what the heck is going on in, in our cities and our towns and everything else. So, I mean, it you know, it, it impacted me enough to at least share it on the podcast. And then, obviously, the next experience was a little bit more fresh was, uh, being in the everyday mobility course. And so we had a good day. We went out, trained and got Mike a bunch Hernandez of, was there. Yeah. And, yeah. Mike, uh, Mason gun foo, Mike underscore team Fieldcraft, Cause you probably only know us by our Instagram names. No big deal. Weird. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of awesome people there, uh, clients, tribe members, uh, it was a good time. And, uh, you know, we, we wrapped up a good day of training around five, 6 PM 
and set up a, a cool camp like we always do because typically it's an overnight course where you know you come in you train during the day uh, and we do it by station um, and then you get to learn a lot of good stuff about living off your vehicle talking about its capabilities actually doing practical exercises where we make you practice doing what we're teaching and then uh, you know at the end of the the day we all get together and have a good kind of community uh, type of deal where everybody gets to basically shoot the shit, have a beer, and uh, enjoy themselves. Um, unless you're in uh, the Havasupi Basin and a bunch of locals from Wickenburg decide to be assholes and show up and, you know, they want to ruin the party. So, so they rolled up hard on you guys, I heard. They, uh, they initially, yeah. yeah, initially they didn't. They were in like a piece of shit suburban. and So uh, you guys were you guys were in your camping site? Yeah, we were, yeah. Because yeah. it's an overnight it's a, course. Yeah. yeah, and it's a, pu- you know, it's public public property so um you know when mike and i went out to mike hernandez and i went out to find that spot it's a it's a really neat spot you know you can do a lot there and so you know we weren't really worried about the other folks that were going to be out there and so um you know you're always dealing with jerks right in society well these guys decided to roll up on us uh you know i want to hear about this they're in a suburban yeah relatively early in the evening It it was dark so it was probably eight or nine and uh, they roll up and immediately, like they were like blaring Britney Spears or something like that. <laughs> and uh, so I rolled up on them right away because I just knew that, you know, these guys. You I didn't, knew what they were looking for. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. chone chone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had, this out, I had the salchicha out ready for, mm-hmm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, so I rolled up and I kind of identified myself, uh, held up my blue ID card. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> U.S. Army retired. U.S. Army retired, brother. Special Forces. Uh, Green Beret. Do you know what that is? No? Okay. okay. No, I didn't do that. Oh, I just still. said, hey, man, I'm out here teaching and, you know, these are a bunch of my course members and we're just chilling. They were all drinking and driving and doing a bunch of stuff or whatever. Um, they all had open containers and I wasn't looking, but... Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, and what they say then? Were they like, "Oh, cool, man"? Yeah, they were cool, man. Like I, I just they just look like some local yokels, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Whatever." And then they left, so I was like, "All right, no big deal." Well, you know, after that, um, I don't know, probably thirty minutes to an hour later, an ATV rolls through, and you know, they come flying through because we we're located off kind of a main avenue of approach or a road for mm-hmm. those of you out there that don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these guys came flying down the road and they decided to do a bunch of 360s, some brodies, slinging dust all over everybody. Really? Yeah, not like, uh, I mean, it was away from the camp, but they did it close enough that they knew they were going to create like a giant dust cloud that basically covered oh. the whole friggin' camp. So they were just being dicks. Yeah, they were, you know, and uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's good that you weren't there because I was like, uh, Mike would already uh, shot somebody. Oh, no. God, I would have. Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, and that just get kept progressing into the evening and then you they know came back again yeah they did yeah and then it was <laughs> it was actually funny because uh you know uh we we roll with people that you know have capabilities they do yeah, yeah. and they have night vision and they have all kinds of things so yeah. um, long things short things <laughs> yeah just things um 
so anyways, it was interesting. Basically the final, you know, the final straw. Well, how, tell me how they'd roll up. Cause I didn't hear this part. Like how do they, were they just well, rolled I, up and they're like, what's up? You guys still out here? No, 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 no. They, they came up and you know, the, the pass. And so they were in a, a little ATV and the passenger was fucking drunk off his ass and he's just immediately talking shit to everybody. What is that? Like, what does he say? What do you say? Uh, one of the guys <laughs> had like a Coca-Cola or it looked like a Coca-Cola t-shirt on one of our, you know, clients. And he's like, He's like, is that fucking Coca-Cola shirt, you fucking cocksucker? He's being a disrespectful prick, yeah. And uh, so anyways. um, How old is this? Give me the demographic on this dude. They were in their 20s, man. They were just fucking knuckleheads. 20-year-old human beings (laughs) rolling up to just a camp of dudes. Which I was getting, getting, you know, I was uh, pretty fired up. But uh, I was in the shadows also. Were you? <laughs> yeah, I was. You just let it, pr- you just assault. I, just, for, yeah. I just pied them off and watched. And, yeah. you know, because I knew, I don't know, we don't have to get into all, <laughs> like, what I'm thinking about doing. Okay, um, yeah, I have an idea. Yeah. Um, and then, it probably involves brain matter flying everywhere. Oh, but <laughs> Fecal and brain. So so they they start talking shit. Yeah. So so yeah. One guy's talking shit. How long? The is other this going guy's down? like, "Where are you guys from?" Like he's just trying to be cool. Yeah. Not not really cool, but he was like hitting people up. Like, where you? So where are you guys from? They're in the car. They got out. They're in the ATV, and they're like, "So like, why are you guys down here? And where are you from?" And people are like, "Oh, I'm from here." And like our our folks were being you know respectful Absolutely, and polite as they usually yeah. are. Um, and so this dude is like, he's like, well, this is a Wickenburg, you know, we're Wickenburg locals. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Um, that's weird. Yeah, it was weird. And then you know, I mean, we're new to Arizona, so you get to find all the the real gems. Well, of- I know I could fuck up 99.9 percent <laughs> of everybody in Wickenburg. Yeah, if they want to test it. Come yeah. up here to fucking Prescott. Yeah. Uh. So, anyways, you know, everybody's like, I'm from Phoenix. I'm from here. I'm from there. Whatever. And then one of our folks, uh, who will remain nameless, stepped out with uh, night vision on, <laughs> um, which, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, your everyday shitbird from Wickenburg who's fucking high on meth doesn't, uh, you know, typically see a dude roll out of the darkness with night vision on. Yeah. And so that... Did he have his rifle with him? No. Slung? Uh No. Um, but it immediately got the driver's attention and they, he kind of looked like he was going to shit his pants a little bit. And, uh, he was like, is that night vision? Is that? Yeah. And then he looked over his buddy was just running his mouth. He was just being, he didn't even know he was just a re he was just a moron. Yeah. I was about to say something, but we're going to get some nasty. So what do you say? So what do you say? The the dude recognized right away. And he like, I think he looked over at his buddy. I wasn't, I was a little bit further away. I wasn't, I kind of was in earshot. So I knew a conversation was going on, but he said something to the tune of, he goes, you know what? He goes, shut the fuck up, man. He goes, you know what comes with night vision, right? <laughs> oh, he said that to his boy. Yeah, he said he's like, shut the fuck up, man. Shut up. He's like telling him to shut up. And good uh, advice. Yeah, and so they, you know, they ended up leaving the area. But I mean, the bottom line is, it's like my gut instinct from the get go is trouble. Uh, they just yeah, they just, were. Tr- yeah. You know what I mean? It's like some dudes, and that's the fucked up thing about like our backgrounds is like that ability to be able to measure like the, the bullshit meter, um, is like super low. Like our tolerance is super low. And I was really, you know, I was actually proud of myself because I've been in situations before where, you know, I basically high and right. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking as a professional, this is a business, uh, event and I didn't want it. I didn't want it to go that way, you know, Mm -hmm. and fortunately it didn't. However, uh, I would say that we were more than prepared to take care of business. You know what I mean? I, just, if, I fucking hate bullies, man. I hate well, that's what it was, just, dude. It was need, like those guys really. Yeah. We need to call Ronnie Michael and have him go there and dust that ass. <laughs> yeah. Because those, I mean, just those kind of dudes, man. Just they they bring it upon themselves. And, yeah, but, that's what it was. It was almost yeah. like it was like taunting. You know uh, what I mean? Where it was like, dude, well, they're just they're looking for it. And typically, probably you know, ninety percent of the people they run into. Are, are people that they yeah, can bully. They, and they can intimidate, and mm-hmm. they were like... Imagine know. if that was a family. Yeah. Dude, if I... Oh, God, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was, a, it, you know, whatever, it's man. It's just disappointing. So we're going to run one in Prescott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, you know, the my whole thing is with those kind of people, man, it's just they need confrontation. I, I, I hate yeah. to be that bearer of bad news, and people are like, oh, you're a violent guy, Mike. And well, it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, no, the no, reality yeah. is there's shitbirds out there 100%. in the same way that violent crime happens and all these other things. 100%. I mean, the reality is those people are looking for trouble. And, and who knows what those dudes are doing in their fucking just normal everyday lives. Yeah. They need a fucking ass whipping. Yeah. If you're a man, a grown human being in your 20s or just fucking grown period and you walk into situations where you're antagonizing people yeah and you get your ass whipped you deserve an ass whip absolutely so i mean we, my whole take on it is just we we need to be the deliverer of ass whippings because <laughs> those more yeah. so than not yeah because uh, those guys oh yeah it was a it was i don't know man the whole thing is like you know we're out there trying to teach and have fun and give, you know, have people have a, a genuine experience. And we, and that happened, you know, we accomplished that, but you know, j- just a little hiccup in, in the evening, not a yeah, big deal. Not a big deal. Uh, so, so go, if you ever get through Wickenburg, make sure you fucking flip them the bird and yeah. Oh, everybody in the fucking course was armed. Yeah. Legally armed. Absolutely. Uh, and it would have been the worst fucking mistake they ever made, yeah. which which I think I said that out loud at one point because they were uh, they were just being stupid and I'm like, man, you're picking the fight. You're picking a fight with the wrong fucking crowd. Like, we may all be out here in our Overland rigs or four by four rigs, but like, you have no fucking idea what's about to drop on that ass. No clue. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we set the dates for September eighth and ninth, and what I like is uh, one of the guys from the course, one legged Lance. Oh yeah, yeah. Stopped yeah. by with his son Martin. Yeah, you know Martin's a, a a good kid. You know he's a, he came to one of our courses. You were at that course. I was the EDC course in Phoenix. Really impressive shooter, uh, USPSA and Ipsic. Yeah, IDPA stuff, and obviously just impressive all around. Is like a young man. Yeah. Like his dad did a Get great his job. Engineering degree. Yeah, I mean he's get you know just like super great dude and. I'm meeting his dad, I know why. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah. So his dad is helping us. Look, we we've always said this, and I, and I want to make it clear: we are the subject matter experts in our space. Right. There's no doubt when it comes to targeting, planning missions that kill bad guys. Right. That's what me and Kurt did. So anything that revolves around that, whether it's the training application, um, you know, building the rapport. Um, smashing the bad guys on a direct action mission. Those kind of things is what we did. So it's easy for us to do that stuff. Right. We are learning other processes, right? So if we, if we taught Overland the way we taught it, I'd be doing convoy procedures for three quarters of the class because that's a big component. Right. Well, in Overlanding, which is obviously another genre, and then uh, 
off-roading or hell, anything mobility related, you, you want to um, educate your consumer or the clients in the world they live in. Right. So we could use our practical experience, which even Lance said, hey, you guys are good at telling the why mm-hmm. and bringing in, bringing in the experience from your um, experiences. But the reality is we don't have, I mean, I've overlanded five different countries right. in military slash civilian style rigs for a specific operation or mission or objective. Right. So now we're stepping in this realm of everyday mobility. We have people out there like Lance, one-legged Lance, who has this impressive resume. Absolutely. Um, who's teaching us. And I'm, yeah. I'm open to being mentored by this dude because he's freaking phenomenal. Yeah, he's a pretty interesting dude. Uh, he's a... Uh, nurse at the ICU in uh, one of the ICUs in Phoenix. He's been, you know, running around friggin' doing off-roading, overlanding, and all kinds of good shit for a really long time, like, you know, decades. And, uh, you know, teaches at Overland Expo West, been connected to, you know, the overland community before it got, you know, super popular. Overlandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, he's been to Australia, he's been to South Africa, he's been all over the place doing some pretty epic adventures. And he was, uh, he actually attended the the course, which was like, as soon as I heard him talk, I was like, holy shit, like this dude, like knows what's up and uh, immediately recognized that and, you know, had some fantastic, I like that word, fantastic discussions with him. Um, And so, uh, he is going to help and make our course even better, which is going to be even more value added, you know, when folks come, which I'm excited about. I think we do a, a good job of talking about vehicle capabilities and all the different things that we kind of have, not kind of, we viewed a mobility platform as, and he just, you know, brings even more to the table. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Some, some things that were just entertaining or you know, we're, I'm writing up, but we talked about is, you know, bringing different levels right. of the everyday mobility course. So level one is like basic training. Yeah. Level two and three are just the advancements or the, the you know, the dive, the dive deep. The dive deep. <laughs> the deep dive into more technical aspects. And then even have, I was thinking about. Dude, could you like? I think I think I saw you put something down where it was like one of the the higher level ones was mm-hmm. like doing a like a trek an expedition, yeah, like a, an adventure. Dude, that was so. Be. You do level one, level two, level three, and then we may have like a test or something, right? An evaluation that gives you an everyday mobility cert that allows you to guest instruct. That'd be cool during for yeah. free during courses. Then you get and then you get paid as an AI. And then we have exclusive trips, like the Alaska trip we're taking. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're taking a few rigs, company internal. Right. But once you get called and you have all the certifications from Philcraft, you could roll with us on these epic expeditions or yeah, adventures. Which, yeah, which is, I mean, that would be a lot of fun. 100% it would be fun. We can go from South Central to New York City. No, I'm just kidding. That would be miserable. <laughs> We can go city to city. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Um, so um, some other stuff that we're working on is this YouTube series. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we haven't got a lot I'm of like, views oh on yeah, YouTube. Oh, yeah, we do YouTube. We dropped that. We Well, we did a whole... It's it's weird. If you're, how, how did the... You did a video. You a did a thousand. Really? That's yeah. it? So here's the thing with YouTube. Like, you know... 
They censor firearm stuff. Well, maybe they suppress it. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. but we're we're in a point now where, I mean, we filmed stuff months ago. Yeah, and it's getting edited. You know, it's just part of the process, right? Right. So it gets edited and chopped, and um, a good guy uh, from Red, it's Red Donkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, Make media. sure you add media in there because yeah. apparently he told me this weekend if you just Google Red Donkey, it's like a hardcore porn site. So oh, we don't so want Google Red Donkey. <laughs> and then don't, afterwards, that's the guys we're working with. And everybody's <laughs> like, what? What? Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Um, so Red Donkey Media is uh, Scott, but he does recoil TV. He does a whole bunch of good stuff. Yeah. And so he's a local and he he's videoing right. all of our stuff. But What's cool about Scott is, uh, you know, our content. He has a giant wiener. What? 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 Uh, where am I? Yeah, he was integrated a lot. Why are you so close on the mic right now? <laughs> this is weird. It's like because the foam thing is like shaped like a wiener head. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't look at your face and not think about stuff. Um, now I'm looking around in the office at everything that looks like a penis, and I'm like, mm, uh, that mm. cup looks like a penis. Yeah. That can looks like your butt plug that's on the table. <laughs> that is a butt plug. <laughs> that's not a can. Uh. Um, so uh, you, <laughs> I don't even know. Where, um, where Sorry, I digress to I digress. wieners and butt plugs. Um, uh, YouTube. <laughs> so YouTube is difficult to navigate, man. I don't. It's. I mean, we're actually growing. We're up to seventy five hundred subscribers. If you haven't subscribed, then a shame on you. Um, but hey, you know. Um, <laughs> but hey, check it out. Yeah, hey, check it out. Hey, outside of that stuff, I wanted to mention. Um, you know, like kind of like surviving business a little bit because we get. I mean, people think business shit is easy. Some people think it's easy. They're like, oh, you guys are spoiled. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> you, you guys do your own thing. You do your thing. You guys make tons of money. Make tons of money. We don't make... <laughs> yeah, that's not how it, how it works. Um, I mean, we'd like to make a lot of money because it would free us up to be able to affect uh, an even wider audience, I think, and get more information out. 100%. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, it's difficult. It's a grind every day and it doesn't seem to stop, but it's, it's a, you know, it's self-fulfilling because it's based off of how much work you put into it. And so one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, helping out guys. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for our society when over the next 10 years you have, uh, the tip of the spear in the military getting Mm -hmm. out of the military and having to serve, some form or function and purpose in civilian life. Right. After killing terrorists for 20 years. Yeah. A pop. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, be prepared society to to manage that because it's your fucking responsibility. Right. I mean, you you put us in the position to excel and we all excelled and we're coming out. Yeah. You know, we're going to do our best and due diligence and, you know, trying to create an organization or structure or, or conference, seminar or something to help those guys... Um, start businesses because I think that's where they belong. I don't think anybody, you know, military, it, it is what it is. I, I'm, I don't, you know, you fuck everybody. A lot of people serve. Yeah. But if you're in special operations and your job is literally to go out and kill bad guys mm-hmm. and then you come home from that and then trying to find some semblance of purpose in civilian life, it's fucking difficult outside of a business. Right. Uh, you can't go work for, you know, Cumberland County Sheriff's Department and and think that it's going to translate because it's not. Right. Unless you have really fucking low expectations, which I expect <laughs> if you're in special operations, you don't. Yeah. So I think that's you know. the, I think some of the best advice I got uh, during that transition process, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't 
a slight against the civilian population, but it was like, hey, you need to manage your expectations when you leave because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be operating at the same level. You're not going to be around the same people. It's just not, it's not the same. So, you know, I think just, you know, if, if there was any piece of advice is manage your expectations, even if, you know, if you're a four-year service member all the way to the guy that's retiring at 30 years or 25 or 20 or whatever that ends up being, you got to manage your expectations and you got to understand, you know, where, where you can fit in. And I always tell people, cause I even, you know, Mike and I still have peers and friends that are, you know, kind of the hierarchy of U S special operations or army special operations command. And a lot of guys in SOCOM and everywhere else. And, I still talk to my buds and they're getting ready to retire too. And, you know, so we have a lot of conversations about transitioning in general. And I always tell those guys, Hey, it doesn't have to be the right job. You know, the very first job you get out. Cause I know I, for me, I put a lot of pressure on myself when I left and I contracted, you know, for us SOCOM at a McDill air force base for like, I think seven months. It was a good job. I worked around a lot of good guys, um, but I wasn't ready to sit at a desk And so for me, that was really difficult. And I was still at Fort Bragg and I'm watching all my peers still deploy and do all that stuff. And, you know, it just wasn't a good spot for me. And, you know, I medically retired, um, physically not able to do the job anymore. And so, but it was still mentally difficult to watch guys leave. Um, So, you know, be patient with yourself and don't put so much pressure on yourself that you got to land the big one. If you do, hey, more power to you. That's awesome. But don't put uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself. You get out, you know, and within six months to a year, you hate <laughs> your first job. Yeah. Hey, fuck it, man. Roll on to the next thing. I mean, we're pretty resilient dudes, uh, and you know, there'll be something else out there for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I th- you know, I, I like, you know, we're obviously in business, and and business is kind of like a passion now for us. And so when you find that passion or purpose and you translate that into kind of making a living, I mean, we didn't even know how to do that. I yeah. mean, when we first started out, we were doing everything for free because <laughs> it's in our blood and our nature to help everybody. Right. But it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not sustainable to, you know, equate to making a living to support your family. It's just not, it's not yeah. realistic. So if you could find a good balance mm-hmm. and uh, where you found purpose, but you're, you're helping people. Uh, which a lot of our peers are doing. I mean, you know, yeah. we're on the same wavelength of this philanthropy mix with business because it's like right. we could still give back and make a difference. Um, September 15th and 16th, I just talked to John from BCM. He's actually going to be at the uh, series Gunfighter oh, Pistol oh, and Carbon yeah, good. filming. Um, you know, what's cool is uh, one of the guys that, that uh, we worked with a lot, Hector from Black Gun Company, is actually going to be there as well. Um, but I want to mention his p- company because, mm-hmm. you know, his company is a, a new company. Right. And I want our viewers to support him because mm-hmm. he's, you know, number one, Hector is a, uh, we'll just call him Hector P, his last name. I don't want to say his last name. But him and his uh, partner, Hector P, Hector P, <laughs> um, him and his partner, uh, Alfonso, actually run the business together. And both of them are series guys. They work for the city of, uh, Sir- the city of series. Yeah. Um, Hector, is a, he's a police series. officer, works for the City of Series, SWAT guy, um, active member on the SWAT team, and I've trained with him uh, a million times. Right. Uh, we've done a lot of, of training with those guys. Um, but he also AIs. He's AI'd mm-hmm. um, Jay um, from uh, yep. Access Performance, a great dude. And uh, 
Hector is also an army veteran and has deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. Yep. Um, so he owns a company called Black Gun Co. It's BLK, BLK Gun Co. G U N C O on uh, social media, but it's it's actually Black Gun uh, Company is the name of the company, but it's blkgunco.com. Look, if you guys are uh, looking to get swag or looking to do training, uh, you know, Alfonso and Hector have it locked down. I mean, these guys are, are um, both in the outdoors. They're both squared away family guys. Um, and they're, they're doing a lot of uh, apparel, which I rock all their stuff all the time. They have cool flex fit patch hats, shooter caps, PVC patches, all the typical small swag stuff that small businesses do right. Yeah. But he does it right. Like mm-hmm. I have rock his, his ship because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys want to support him, uh, they also support Gold Star Teen Adventures. Um, they got a, a shit ton of stuff. And obviously, you know, we always, there will keep on code out there. But Philcraft 20, Philcraft, the number 20 at checkout saves you 20%, man. That's a, that's cool. I'm glad yeah, he gave that to I, us. Well, I'm glad. I glad. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. He's finding a passion outside of the job, you know. And and yeah. you know what I've always found unique in our space, and it kind of uh, has opened me up to this new reality, and and reflecting, looking at my peers now, and thinking the same for them. But 20 years in the military is a small percentage of our lives. Right. Right. So you can get out after 20 years and work for the fucking man. Or you can get out and start your own business, but it's just when you if you if you have an expectation you're going to retire, get out, and then sit on a lawn chair <laughs> the rest of your life, in your in your you know backyard admiring birds and shit, it's not going to happen. Yeah, because you're you're going to be in your 30s, yeah, early 40s, yeah. And we're like, you know, I, I think about my dad being in his 30s and 40s. I'm like, that's fucking old. Yeah, but it's not old. No, it's I not. don't feel old. We're still young. We're still fucking young, man. <laughs> uh, you're 75. I'm still young, yeah. bro. I still got it. Yeah. Can you uh, can you tape my diaper up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a baby wipe. Yeah. Um, but you still have another life, and it's just another phase of your life. So you have to you have to be prepared because you know we we phase and deliberate planning processes everything we do right. And so yeah. phase one is uh, <laughs> birth since birth. <laughs> um, you got your schooling. Phase two is the mill, and phase three is uh, a happy, healthy life, running a business or doing something you love. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like you're like, I feel like you're like, <laughs> Mike. I just can't do this Philcraft thing anymore, man. <laughs> I got a passion, and you keep staring at that dildo in the corner. You're like, there's something I got to tell you. There's of course. You Why would say, it be man. a dildo business? I don't know, man. Sibian business, dildo business. Yeah. Well, that's for later. That's when we make money. <laughs> that's and phase I, four. I can branch off. That's phase four when you're yeah, in a it's diaper. Weird. It was yeah. He was Team Philcraft, and now he's Team Sibian. <laughs> he's got natural lube. Team he's in his underscore 60s. Sibian. Gross. <laughs> uh, my visuals. I I hate my imagination. So what else do we talk about? Well, I don't know, man. You're depressing <laughs> me a little. <laughs> um, you're making me sad. Has there, has have you had any uh, uh, stalkers lately? Mm. Who sent you that fucking bug salt? That was Mandy. Oh, it was Mandy. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. She, I, I actually put that on my story on Instagram. Uh, I, okay. I didn't know who sent it, and then she, uh, she, she sent me a text, and she's like, "I'm glad you like it." I was like, "Oh, it was from you." It's Hell not, yeah! That's somebody's crazy. So I got a little gift uh, from one of our little worker bees. Uh, Mandy. She's like the queen worker bee. She is, yeah. That's probably a better way to describe her. Yeah. She, uh, but she, she's still up in Colorado, 
and she still helps our company out and we're super grateful for that. But she sent me this badass. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but if you haven't, you need to get this. It's a, uh, basically a little gun that shoots salt, uh, with air pressure and it freaking shoots flies down. And if you've ever been to our shop, Kurt in the mouth this morning with it, he's like, shoot me in the mouth with it. I'm like, that's not salt, man. If you've ever been to our, we call it, we have two sides of the shop here in Prescott. One's the dirty side and one's the clean side. Addison's on the dirty side. The dirty side is like Somalia with flies. So gross. I mean, I'm full on planning on doing a direct (laughs) action raid on flies on the dirty side. So... That's so dirty. Uh, yeah. Addison just, he lives over there. I know. He I, lives I, in sawdust. I feel, and like, I, dust. <laughs> I feel like he's like a little troll, like living back there, like working on stuff. Like, Well, he, he flops could, over his tent. Imagine imagine if you it. went back there and he was like, and you just heard like grunting and there's this like little bearded guy in there and he's like, <laughs> and then he's like grinding away on little Kydex things. And, oh. Yeah, that's... Uh, that visual. I, I, don't, I don't need that visual because you can just go over there and look and see that same thing. Oh, he's going to be like, I, or he's going to listen to this podcast and be like, fuck you guys. I'm done, dude. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. He, he he's he's actually making our, uh, our everyday mo every, <laughs> everyday, everyday mo. He's making um, our uh, holsters. Our yeah, tourniquet the tourniquet holster. Yeah. Which is, you know, I, being a contractor and, you know, you, you work in low vis stuff and us working low vis stuff. You know, there's not a good place to carry a fucking tourniquet yeah. on your person anywhere. Nobody makes holts, nobody makes pockets and jeans that fit fucking tourniquets. Right. It just doesn't make, it's just, it, it's not. Uh, Other than your front and back pocket, but I mean, yeah, even when you, yeah, when you shove it in there, it looks stupid. Yeah, it so. looks dumb. So if, you know, the holsters that we we made, we actually put a lot of thought into this. Actually, it was funny because, uh, Kurt, you got confirmation from a contractor buddy of yours <laughs> yeah. who did the same job as me. Yeah. But he uh, sent you a picture, right? Yeah, we were in the we were in SF together. I went through the Q course with him. And, uh, Good dude. He was s- he in the SIF? Uh, I'm not, I can't remember if he was in, he, he was in seven special forces group. I can't remember if he was in the SIF or not, but yeah, he sends me a picture. He goes, you want to see something funny? And I was like, oh man, this is going to be something horrible. (laughs) (laughs) He typically doesn't send me shit like that. But anyways, I was like, oh God, this is like the setup for Mm -hmm. some, I don't know crazy thing where, you know, the phone pans down. It's like a pair of boobs. And then all of a sudden there's a big dong yeah. flopping around yeah. anyway you have like 50 of those in your phone saved i don't yeah. know why i was disappointed it wasn't that but it ended up being <laughs> it ended up being uh yeah it was actually he had uh had made a kydex sleeve for a cat tourniquet back in i think he said 2009 or 10 when he was in baghdad working yeah and he like crafted this thing in his little you know his little uh his little hooch in Baghdad when he was when he was contracting and he's like dude he's like I saw guys running tourniquets all over their kit and we did this too with rubber bands everything else well when you're in shitty environments you know those rubber bands break down and you're always having to replace them and it just becomes a pain in the ass so he's like I made this kydex sleeve to hold my cat tourniquet you know on either my uh my pistol belt or I could run it on my kit or whatever I wanted to do so anyways he goes, I guess that was a good idea, huh? And I said, uh, yeah, it was a really good idea. He goes, and then he sent me another funny text, and it was like, damn it, I should have freaking capitalized on it. Damn. And I was like, damn, man, yeah, you should have. Make sure you send him a coupon code, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Brian, I'll send you a coupon code now for one of our. Oh man, if you want one, tell me. You you've got one. Anyway, I'm using the coupon code. <laughs> <laughs> now we actually sending out a few to the buddies in the industry and space just to have them run them and test them. I think it's a, you know, we everybody wants to carry a holster uh, for a gun, and that's that should be the standard everyday carry. Right. More people carried. Uh, less people would be fucking doing stupid shit. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like that culture is alive and well in Prescott, you know, because when I first got here, uh, another good buddy of ours here in town that actually owns, uh, one of the barbershops downtown. He's a former two seven five Ranger. Good uh, dude. Good dude. Um, sniper. Like yeah. Us. He was, uh, yeah, he did, he did the deed for sure. But, uh, you know, he, I came in and he, you know, he's giving me a quick, haircut and beard trim and everything and we're bullshitting and he goes yeah man he goes Prescott's just full of you know really uh respectful people and they're real polite and he goes and the reason why is because even the 80 year old little lady you know little little grandma around here will blast your ass with a a 38 in her purse so I believe that yeah well the mentality is different too because I mean when you drive around in Arizona yeah it's just like being it reminds me of Texas right it's like being in a uh uh semi-permissive environment right where it's like you know shit could <laughs> pop off at any time i was going, gonna say yeah. you're in a state that's not full of pussies <laughs> exactly well that's the thing too is and you just mind your own business yeah you don't talk like people don't people don't talk shit in those in kind of those kind of environments because they know the literally yeah. what the uh the, the, outcome. Penalty, the outcome could be yeah Ooh. What about the outcome that Florida video that dude oh, getting God. pushed down? I was hoping you weren't going to mention that <laughs> fucking push that old dude pushed down on his ass. What yeah, I, I mean, I know one thing that uh, external influencers that want to come in and stir up trouble are not needed there. I think that uh, you know, if the people of Florida have a problem with the law, then they need to do something about it by voting. I mean, here's I don't you know. I don't, I'm not going to advocate for, uh, the bullshit that goes on, you know, whatever side of the political spectrum you want to consider yourself on. Um, I'm super, uh, adamant about telling people to vote and do something about laws if they don't like something. Mm -hmm. The current law, um, you know, based off of my understanding on what's going on and what I've heard the, the sheriff in the particular County, which I don't, I, I can't remember which one it is, but I paid a little bit of attention to that. Uh, as far as what the situation I've seen the video and, you know, they've got a stand your ground law, which basically says in defense of your life, if you fear for, you know, your life that you can defend yourself. And so, you know, the best of my understanding of what's going on there, that's uh, what happened. And, yeah. you know, he only has to perceive a threat to his life. Right. And it's I mean, not about, it's not yeah. about opinion. It's it's biased outside of his own self-perception. It has right. nothing to do with you. Right. You could you could. And that's the advantage. Right. The advantage is the 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 benefit of doubt goes to the person who's that's literally defending themselves, defending their lives. Right. As they see fit, which is which is necessary, because right. if law determined uh, any other means, it could be completely seen as biased. And there's, and so the guy gets pushed on the ground, shoved to the fucking ground, right? And right. he's an older dude. Right. And this dude actually, I think, was hand, he, he had a handicap sticker, so he was disabled. Yeah. He gets pushed to the floor after 
there's not a violent confrontation going on. I don't give a fuck what he was saying. People are like, well, he was probably saying stuff bad. I don't care what he was saying. He yeah. could have been saying whatever he was saying. Well, I think the difference, yeah, the difference happened as soon as the guy went hands on. Exactly. Right? Cause yeah. then what, you know, yeah. what is the perception after that? I mean, once yeah. you go hands on with somebody, they yeah. could perceive, yeah. I mean, you and I, what's the next step of that? Yeah. You and I could yeah. shove somebody in that, you know, in Florida in that County or, you know, where, wherever the law applies, which yeah. I'm assuming that it applies, or I think that it applies in, in the whole state of Florida. And there are other states that have that law as well. But if you and I go up and shove some dude down, we're fucking big dudes. Yeah. And, you know, if that person perceives that uh, he has nowhere to we're going to beat, beat him to ground. death, yeah. yeah, then and he pulls out his firearm and defends himself, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, again, there's a ton of people weighing in on this. I mean, the law is what it is. Uh, the guy went hands-on, and the other guy defended himself. So, I, I mean, it's that's a hard one to even jump in the middle of. And of course, you know, everybody's jumping in and giving their opinions because they're all fucking experts. And yeah, yeah fuck their opinions. I, I, I always, you know, just like the, the conversation about um, the gun issue. And I always say, hey, well, well, let me ask you a question. What if your wife, your spouse, your loved one was shot and killed? Mm-hmm. What would you do to defend her life? Right. If you had a gun, what would you do? And mo- typically the answer is I would defend her life by any means necessary. What if that person that was shoved to the ground was a pregnant woman? Right. Would that change things? Well, they're they're both people, right? right. With perceptions, with uh, you know, they're both human beings who deserve the right to stand and converse without violent or uh, malicious attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. I and, think and stand your ground. That's the whole premise behind the yeah, law. I think we're the quite honestly, you know, I honestly think that that whole situation is pretty unfortunate. Like when you look at it, it is unfortunate. Yeah, the I way, hate that he got killed. I hate right. that it's his the son. The way that that developed, like the way that all went down it was, it was shitty. Yeah, shitty all the way But around. when, you know, when, when a law enforcement official is looking at, you know, at what what happens right because they have to follow the law that's what they've sworn to do is is you know is to do that and so you know when when something happens and it's within the means of the law that this guy defended himself i mean it's kind of hard to you know and and people are doing a bunch of shit and trying to influence uh you know based off of telling you know, the sheriff and everybody else that there's going to be civil discourse and they're going to fuck shit up. And, you know, my, so that's the way they, to solve right, the problem. Which that Not shit drives vote. me yeah. frigging insane. Like, if you don't like what's going on, then you need to vote that, you know, because I'm pretty sure that in that county, that sheriff is an elected official. Absolutely. And if you don't like, you know, the way he does business, then you need to vote for somebody else. But, you know, quite honestly, if the guy wins again, then that means the majority of the public in that area that went out and voted, you know, agree with how he's doing business. So I, I mean, if you want to make a difference, like no pun intended, because this was a silly ass slogan that a bunch of goofballs used back in the day, you know, rock the vote and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, take your ass out and vote and make a difference. Uh, Kurt for president. <laughs> I, I don't want that job, dude. I, uh, who, who the fuck does, man? I, I'd yeah. hate to be the current president. We'll just call him the commander in chief. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm actually comfortable right now. <laughs> Is that why you keep like quietly farting as you're sitting here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, if we get a little feedback in the mic, it's actually a fart. So it is. We're we're actually in the Philcraft studio. Uh, typically, we're in the skill set studio. You know, if we have guests, 
you know, the way I'll outline it is if we have guests that are coming and they're flying into Phoenix, which is routinely what happens, we're not going to drive them up the way that Prescott. Yeah. We're going to utilize the the best thing in Phoenix, which and is the flying And by flying into Phoenix, we mean driving from their house in Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we ain't flying anybody. <laughs> you got a budget. Um, but if they're skill set studio, you know, if you guys uh, haven't heard of skill set, skill set's a magazine, but it's also a studio. And they do a whole bunch of cool stuff. But Skillset Magazine is one of my favorite mags because it's a men's lifestyle mag. And just outside the typical, you know, genre of tactical, <laughs> gat, cool yeah. shit. Um, so Did you say tactical, gat, cool shit? I just made that up. <laughs> tactical, yeah. gat, cool shit. Isn't there a guy on Instagram named Tactical Gat or something like really? that? Really? I yeah. want to look for that name. I want that name, Tactical Gat. Yeah, isn't it? Wait. No, that's Gatman. Oh, okay. Gatman. I thought it was Tactical Gat guy or something like that. Tactical. You know what I noticed about you know Tank Machine? I just saw his little accounts. All his accounts are reset. Really? He used to be verified and everything else. Now he's like, his his named account under just his name is 24,000 followers. Who's Tank Machine? <laughs> <laughs> am I supposed to, I mean, seriously, am I supposed to know who that is? The Marine. The Marine. Well, there's lots of them. We have one that works for the company. I think, I think he's a truck driver. He was like a truck driver or something like that. And Or he was nope, transportation. doesn't ring a bell. He was, he was like transportation guy. And, oh, okay. And he, and he did shirts and stuff. And he did stuff with Black Rifle. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, oh. Like, talk, he had the funny videos and he used to talk a lot of shit. No. Loud voice. Damn. I'm sorry, dude. I, I'm trying I'm to. sorry. If he's listening, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, he's probably not listening. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't he's, care about. He's us. like, "Fuck those guys, assholes." Yeah, he's a uh, he's a he's a veteran. All right, I'll look it up stuff. after this. My phone yeah. is on the floor right now because I get lots of phone calls and texts and all that stuff. Who are you getting and, phone calls from, buddy? Uh, typically, people that want to know about the courses, emails, and stuff. If you sent me an email, I probably responded today, like about an hour ago. Huh. I'm gonna pay Q and A with you. <clears throat> <laughs> oh no! Let's do a Q and A session. No. Um. You're big on this Colonel Blade, yeah. and uh, it's like it's oh, almost you know like you get paid I actually, by them. No, I'm not. Um, but I did have the opportunity to train with uh, the guy that uh, developed the blade. His name's Al Saviti. He's out of the Northeast, and I was lucky enough uh, several years ago at Shot Show. I was in a private suite in the mm. Venetian, and uh, he happened to be there with his son. Uh, Nico, who's also an awesome dude. And, uh, you know, I got a chance to see kind of the concept of the blade and I got to see it in action uh, and the style, you know, that uh, that they're teaching. Um, and if you want to check that out, I'd go to YouTube and look up Colonel Blades. And, and we're going to, well, you're going to, you have a video coming up soon about. Yeah, Colonel I do. Blades. I actually did a video uh, for our YouTube channel and just the practicality and talking through, you know, all the different knife fighting shit. Uh, because I quite honestly, uh, you know, we were in the military for a long time. We didn't do a lot of that stuff. Uh, but a lot of it to me looks choreographed and looks kind of bullshitty. So for me, you know, I started kind of really trying to dig and figure out like, Hey, what is a practical way to defend yourself with a blade and some of those things? And you know, all that. What shit. do you mean? What do you mean? Gimmicky and bullshit? What does that mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Well, I see you, you know, know anything specific. Well, I, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, <laughs> do you? <laughs> uh, no. Um, no, but I mean, you know, a lot of that shit's choreographed and then nobody ever talks about like, uh, you know, actually, 
uh, in the defense of yourself. And like when people have clothes on, you're teaching slashing techniques and all this other bullshit. And it's like, yeah, man, I got it. You know, like, you know, it's, uh, it looks sexy and people are all like, holy fuck, that guy's a knife fighter and all this shit. But for me, it was like, Hey, I don't have a lot of time. What's a system I can learn. That's, uh, efficient. It's quick. And, you know, and it, it works in self-defense. And so when I got a chance to cha- uh, train with Alan Nico, uh, you know, I saw very quickly that this thing was super practical. It carries uh, concealed appendix carry. Uh, the draw is, is uh, very similar to that of drawing a pistol out of appendix carry. You ever worry about drawing a knife instead of your pistol, though? Yeah, I mean, not not like worried about it, but I think that just in the, the muscle memory. Yeah, just from like you know an efficiency standpoint and how you train, especially you know if you EDC and you appendix carry it's kind of cool because it's set up the same way. So, you know, you're pulling this blade out and it's got, you know, it's a fixed blade basically with a finger loop, um, you know, and so you're just, the technique is punching somebody, you're defending yourself. And this four inch blade is, you know, causing damage. It's going straight at, straight in, coming out. And I mean, you're just, you're basically fucking, We've all learned from a young age how to defend ourselves, at least most of us, like when you were a kid and you fucking thumped your cousin uh, in the side of the head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, not hurts something else. Not your thumping. Not your thumping of cousins. We're not. Ta- <laughs> if you hear a banjo start playing, and Mike in a picture ding, of ding, ding, a picture ding, of Mike ding, floats across the podcast screen in West Virginia, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. No offense, Seth. Um, <laughs> you know, Seth had a diabetes. I did, uh, I did see that. But yeah. he also got a phone call from the PD department uh, and said that uh, they're talking to him about his job he applied for, so he might be picked oh, up by the police department. Really? So which would give him, I think he would, would that mean he would get health insurance? or? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, because I know that was something that he was concerned about. Yeah, I actually checked I actually on him today. Him too. Yeah, and he, anyways, uh, for those of you listening, one of our, one of our brand ambassadors, a guy that uh, he's a good young dude out of uh, West Virginia. He's a good young dude. He's a good young. I'd eat ribs <laughs> with that dude. <laughs> I had to do that. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Um. Anyways, we digress. Uh, <laughs> Seth is a bow hunter he's in West Virginia. <laughs> God, if you haven't seen those videos on YouTube, please go watch them because oh, they are so fucking funny. hilarious. It's so fucking funny. Um. And uh, he's a type one diabetic and has been having some issues, but apparently is doing okay in the hospital right now, which is a good thing. That shit's scary, man. I checked on him today. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? And uh, he's like, yeah, man, here's the deal. And I was like, all right, man, I'll tell Mike. And he's like, he already called me yesterday. And I was like, I'm a shit bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big shit. Yeah, I'm a fucking turd. <laughs> uh, I didn't tell him that, but um, I just told the whole listenership. You're that. just a dingleberry. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You, you made it for it, though. Yeah. So. Um, so, uh, but yeah, kernel blades, uh, I think it's super practical. Um, I, th- one thing I wanted to throw out there also is that we are trying to work something with, uh, with those guys right now to be able to sell those on our website. Cause yep. you know, I mean, you know, the deal, like we're not going to rep or sell anything for anybody else unless it's, we think it's legit. So, and that's about the most vetted piece of equipment besides killing somebody with it right? that we've yeah. ever used. I mean, we talk about it, we teach it and. Yeah, that's one of the things. It's like, hey, I mean, why not just bring the customers to us and yeah. let us provide that service for them? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you're in the industry space, we're actually looking for a couple of sponsors. I'm looking for a combo sponsor. I want a communication sponsor like Midland or yeah, one of the one of the uh, uh, 
guys or gals involved, uh, maybe in marketing or something, to reach out to us. Yeah, the GPS locator folks as well for survival. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In reach is one of them, in the spot is another yeah, one. Yeah, 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 exactly, um, which would be cool. I, I, the reason why we want to work with them, obviously, that kind of stuff plays hugely into everything that we're doing. And then I like those companies in particular were mentioned to us as being really solid companies to work with. And so uh, if anybody that listens has a contact there, please send us an email or a DM or something and uh, and get the conversation going, because I want to we want to run their equipment and also talk about the application because everybody needs camo. uh, You know, everybody needs to communicate, especially. Uh, when the cell networks are not available and you got to have another means of communication, you should have a PACE plan, which is a primary alternate contingency emergency, uh, you know, listed out about how you're going to go down that that tree or that PACE plan uh, for how you're going to communicate with uh, folks that you need to, loved ones, whatever. Yeah, I, when I was a, a contractor in Libya, I actually had a... Um Two cups and a string? Two cups and a string, absolutely. <laughs> Wait, two cups and a... The, what? what? Yeah. Uh, hmm, now my brain's somewhere else. <laughs> Sorry, that uh, was... I'm hungry for cupcakes all of a sudden. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I I made an excuse because I was a thousand air. I was in the thousand air club. I had too much money because in the army, you obviously don't make <laughs> yeah. any money. Um, even when you're in special operations, you make shit. Um <laughs> We used to think Halo pay of like, was it 225? Mm-hmm. 225 was like a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, damn. Well, you got airborne pay, which was 150. Ooh, that's a big if you deal. Did free, if you were a free fall guy, you got an extra 75 bucks. 75 bucks to jump out of a plane. What was cool was. Ribs with that dude. <laughs> ribs with that dude. <laughs> um, I, uh, I bought a Breitling emergency watch. And the Breitling uh, emergency had an antenna that you pulled out of it to call Damn. SOS. I just had like a 007 moment with you in Libya right now. Dude, it was sick. You're and like yeah, leg up nice. on a rock. like <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> with pants on. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Leg up on a rock, like mm-hmm. looking at the Mediterranean, hitting a button. Headquarters. This is Mike Glover. Air Force, uh, Libyan Air Force drops a bomb on me. <laughs> yeah, There's on accident. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, the fighter was just flying over and <laughs> the bomb the was half pod. attached. Yeah, <laughs> off the rescue pod. <laughs> uh, that wasn't a rescue pod. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I had that watch. It was about seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000. And then uh, they came out with a new one and it was electronic. So it's mm. the, the other one was, uh, I want to say it's. It's not analog. It may be analog. It had a pigeon trapped inside. <laughs> fucking, you hit a, a pigeon egg. And the pigeon flew a out of the wall. Pigeon egg came out and it says I O U. Yeah. <laughs> Going to get months. help. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's fucking funny. Somebody make that car- into a cartoon. That was funny. Um, also, um, proud to announce uh, that you know we'll be doing some stuff with. Uh, I was like black uh, powder, <laughs> red earth, oh, BPRE, yeah. uh, which is our good buddies John. Um, but you know, BPRE, uh, you, you'll hear more about it, but BPRE is a, uh, graphic novel. BPRE. If you're not into graphic novels, BPRE. you should be. It occupies like two <laughs> aisles of fucking Barnes and Noble now. Really? Oh yeah. They, they've completely taken over. Really? Graphic, graphic novels, man. It's what, what your daughter's into. Like the, the oh, yeah. Japanese yeah, anime. God. Well, this version that BPRE is doing is, uh, they're doing contractors and special operations guys and they turn it like real stories, right? Yeah. Um, we did uh, did a little bit of consultant work on them, but real stories turn into graphic novels, and I think it's fucking sick because, you know, it's not classified, but it's part it's it's 
fictitious but based in reality. So yeah, and I, I grew up with comic books, man. That's in graphic novels is way different because it's more in depth, more intellectual. Um, but BPRE, check them out. Yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm never using that mic. <laughs> um, also, we have some plans for Alaska. Araska. Araska. <laughs> uh, Alaska has been on the. It's really been on the horizon. Horizon for five a while, months, six yeah. months. Yeah. Um, but we're going to a place called Dead Horse, which is I think the. That sounds scary. It's the furthest <laughs> northern point. That's scary. It's the furthest northern road that you travel in North America. Yeah, the what's the? It's Dalton Highway. Dalton right? Highway. Dalton yeah. Highway from Fairbanks. It's yeah, it's know. an oil and gas road that goes all the way north to the very northern tip, northern tip of oh, Dead Horse. Yeah, and some guys are asking, "Hey, can you guys teach something?" You know, what we'll do is, I think I'm going to provide like real live uh, tracks of where we're at on social media. Yeah, and then if you're interested in you know linking up or assassinating Kurt, then. Uh, <laughs> It's not He'll me that has tell it. Oh, we got to tell the story about the stalker from Canada, the the female stalker, oh, the one that. Oh my god, I forgot. She's going to interdict us. Yeah, that's scary. what was her name. Hey, before we talk about that, real quick, if you guys have any information of what the laws in Canada are, uh, if you're like a a border patrol guy or something like that, they're like, not border patrol guys. They're uh, they ride horses. Well, no, not the on the Canadian oh, side. Okay. I'm talking about on our side, like. Oh, yeah. The information that we need to basically transit Customs with firearms, because yeah. I know that uh, that's a pretty big deal, and we want to make sure that we're well-educated on it. So send us a DM. Yeah. Send me an email at training at fieldcraftsurvival.com. I need to know that. I wanna, we have somebody yeah. else working on, that, working on that as well, but we need to know immediately. Bear, I want a bear gun, but I also want a gun for this this chick. Right, yeah. This, I mean, this chick. Tell this story. This is Well, a, I, got, I remember... I mean, I'm not sure how it happened, but basically started hearing traffic and you were screenshots. You were DMing her. You were like, yeah, what's you know up, what girl? I'm What's up, girl? Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting... <laughs> you slid into her DMs. What's interesting is <laughs> this uh, particular person, um, who happens to be a female, um, typically they are. Yeah. Are we sure about that? Uh, I don't know. It could be a dude. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, what's a good pronoun? Shem. It's a Shem. I don't know, dude. There's like 23 of them now. There's 23 of them. Yeah, pick uh, one. So Shem was uh, in Canada <laughs> and then said that supposedly, this is how her literal narrative goes. Yeah, it's crazy. I reported this. This and is it's still so up. awesome. It's still, I should yeah. find a screen capture for this podcast of her account <laughs> and make her like fa- Insta famous <laughs> at least. So it's got a picture of me and then it says, this man, Mike, my name, went to her location and spoke. And poured acid. Yeah, remember what it was on her face. Yeah, but the like the write up before that was like he was on a secret mission in Canada. Yeah, like uh, you know doing something with nuclear weapons and all this crazy shit. And, and then people it was were like, like liking it. Yeah, it was fucking insane. And then and then you showed up at this cafe while she was having breakfast and had doused a, her with acid. With or a, yeah, in her face and like. Oh. Mike God. Mike Glover and his associates. I wish I was that dynamic. I wish I was yeah. that like. She's a fantastic storyteller. It, it literally we should have her on the podcast. We should <laughs> like literal. And she shows up with a fucking body bomb. She's like, "Are you the Mike of the Glover?" Oh my God! Ba-boof. I bet you I could find that. That was scary. Yeah, that was scary. That was weird. And it was like all pictures of me on her uh, on her page it intermingle with like normal yeah. stuff. Like yeah. this is my grandkids, and then here's a picture of me. Talking about putting vats of acid on her face. I mean, I would be flattered, but you know, 
I mean, you were weirded out. I was, I was like, you should be flattered, man. You should be flattered. <laughs> Feels good to be like liked, you know. Uh, I'll take what I can get. She picked you, man. Uh, um, I'm on this Jordan Peterson kick, man. Oh yeah, we watched some of that today, Doctor Jordan Peterson. That guy destroys people. Well, the thing he's he's got his book Twelve Rules of Life. It's his new book, and I feel like that's eleven too many. I need like one just to get yeah, by. Just give me something. Give me a tidbit. <laughs> yeah. Give me a sentence. Yeah. Give me a fortune cookie. Um, but it highly intelligent, highly intellectual, highly highly intellectual, and uh, overqualified in every uh, sense of the word. And, I'm trying to imagine that guy being on our podcast and how we fuck off all the time and joke. I think it'd be good. I yeah. actually think it'd be good. You know, I heard him on Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan's a smart, intelligent dude. I mean, he's he's got more years on us, and he's just I think he's just he's got a lot of worldly experiences, but has formulated and changed his opinions on a lot of things based on experience, the, the reality that he's yeah. lived in for the last uh, decades. Yeah. So I think interesting about Jordan Peterson is he's Canadian, but he's. He's a professor, psychologist, you know, he's a scientist. He he has developed and formulated a structure in which um, he's able to communicate things that are um, philosophical, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of better terms. Uh, you know, a lot of things that are, that are concepts in our heads that we can't wrap our brains around, mm-hmm. he has actually manifested into uh, uh, structure back backed with psychology and science right he's a i think uh, when we were listening he said his background was evolutionary biologist was that right or yeah i think part of part of it he's done a lot of studies so he's got a degree uh, right and uh he holds a degree um in that but also you know he was a professor of psychology i believe okay um i'm sure people will correct me uh, if whatever I'm wrong. but you yeah. know i think just they get the gist all the way around just a really intelligent dude who who makes sense of a lot of things and you know, he's been confused. For he's being, real smart. They, they say, oh, that dude is on the far right. Well, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I call me far right. Um, I don't know what that means. I'm but, offended. But I, it seems like it's meant to be offensive, but it's like, okay, you think I'm far right? I mean, Hitler oh, was no. far right, <laughs> right? Um, but I'm not, I don't consider myself far right, and I don't think he does either. So he's being associated by the people from the I left. don't think Hitler was on a scale, personally. Oh, he was off the fucking, yeah. off the scale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all these dudes, I mean, all these fucking lunatics. Yeah. One of my favorite memes, though, of, about gun control that I saw lately was, uh, it's like, uh, the reviews in from the experts about taking guns away from the public, and it's like a picture of Stalin, a picture of Hitler. Uh, oh, yeah. What's the other guy? Mao Zedong, who was the oh, yeah. the communist, communist lead, Ch- yeah, China. China. And then it keeps going, you know, with all these bad guys that were on there that basically disarmed their people and then slaughtered them slaughtered by the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. yeah. Millions and millions of people. Yeah. Innocent lives. So I think, I, you know, it's, he's, a, he's an intellect that I actually uh, follow and, you know, take heed and learn a lot from his uh, podcast, from his YouTube channel, from his books. Uh, check him out. I mean, it's not, not like we get paid. I just want to inform you of yeah, people who are informing us. You are looking at that. Helps keep us informed. Yeah, and Kurt's looking at Clifford Part Two, <laughs> um, which is the second series. I'm doodling in my notebook right now, penises and butt plugs, and he's like, he's over using here. stickers, star stickers. He's going to the next and a level. Sticker book. <laughs> he's got a sticker book of you. Actually, yeah, we we should get a star chart for me when I do something good, like this weekend teaching. You can give me a star on the chart. You, you'll be surprised how effective those star charts are. If I start, yeah, it's a visual learning tool, and, or it's a visual reward tool. 
I vaguely remember yesterday in, a, in like a, a brief moment in time when we were filling out thank you cards for the everyday mobility bags that we started racing would, each other. Oh, that no. you like uh, you you're getting. I was oh, staring you at the wall, drooling. You. No, I started going and like my competitive nature was like, he's got two more cards, I've got one more card. Let me knock this out and crush and crush him. Victory oh, by the way, mine. I just want to throw this out there that when the division of the cards actually happened, Mike strategically placed five more in my hand than his own hand. But who helped you? Who helped you finish? <laughs> that those? is true. That was to make me feel bad about myself, though. Yeah. You did that. Everything was planned from the get go. There were five extra for me, and then you're like, I'm gonna beat this motherfucker, and then I yep. have like four more to go and you're like i'm gonna take two shit yeah yeah, yeah you see that empathy i <laughs> yeah. handed you that empathy. somebody's giving it to me damn i know you need empathy <laughs> in your life you need it no typically what happens uh in this new room that we're recording our podcast is i look around the room and we've got like some of our stuff up on the walls which i'm sure you've seen in some lives recently on instagram and everything else and then i find myself taking a walk down memory lane Tell me some about some of these memories. Let's talk about some memories. What's your fondest memory of Afghanistan? Oh, my fondest memory of Afghanistan? Are you taking a picture of us right now? No, it's a video. Oh. What's your fondest memory? <laughs> We're actually on a podcast now. Uh, my fondest memory of Afghanistan was training my Afghan National Army on my fire base and stepping in a giant human turd that those guys had taken next to the wall. And I had to burn my favorite boots. That was a real dandy one that Ooh. really imprinted in my mind mainly because i can still smell the turd <laughs> let's let's take a step i actually back. told that you mean st- you can still <laughs> smell the turd what does that even mean i don't know dude it was Help me t- understand it was fucking that. terrible if you've ever stepped in a human turd i have yeah which i mean yeah. it is just it's ruthless it'll change your life man yeah i mean it's ruthless yeah. like i don't i don't typically like get sick by a whole lot where was the turd lay this out for me like where is this an op? so no so we uh <laughs> <laughs> we were in the fire base and i used to you know i i was pretty active with uh with training my dudes because you know we had to take them out on the combat operations and I wanted them to be squared away because, you know, we had a small group of guys that we worked with. And, uh, yeah, again, if they were frigging covering my back, I wanted to make sure they weren't a bunch of uh, dumbasses. So, anyways, we were doing some, like, urban movement stuff, I think. Uh, we were doing some of that training. And inside the fire base that I was on, uh, there was basically, it was like an old kind of dilapidated village that existed in that area probably when fucking Alexander the Great marched through. Every village in Afghanistan. Right. <laughs> um, and so anyways, the fire base was actually built around that. So those structures still existed on the fire base. And so... Oh, I the, know where this the, is going. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing was is that, you know, uh, you know the, the Afghan National Army guys would take, you know, they'd have animals over there. They'd slaughter animals over there. So, you know, I went and talked to the, basically the ANA battalion commander, and I said, hey, look, here's the deal. Like, stop slaughtering animals over there. Your guys are shitting and pissing over there. I need that as a as a training area. Uh, your guys are fucking up the training area because they're, you know, they're slaughtering animals, shitting and pissing. Yeah, I said that. So we're cleaning food over there. <laughs> and we're pooping and peeing over there. That doesn't really go well. So we just kind of described, like, why that's bad in general. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, yeah, so we're over there training. And I'm walking along a wall watching my dudes train and, you know, just stepped in a big old turd. So a turd, so my, you were doing like free flow CQB into a turd. Not even free flow CQB. I was just walking Points along the wall. Oh. No, we were outside a structure and we were doing some urban movement. And yeah. 
you know, I wasn't fucking staring at the ground and happened to step in a big shit. <laughs> it was that's fucking a, horrible. That's your fondest memory? Oh, no, no, yeah. wait. The fondest memory was training with Apkin. That was your worst memory from the fondest memory. No, no, no. That was the that was the fondest memory of. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I sometimes but I wait. that's one that you know that stuck with me for a long time. So. Sometimes I and wait. I was pissed because I had this badass pair of boots. This I think it was Montrell was the name. You remember that brand? It's like yeah, M O N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mon and Trail. Yeah. And they were super comfortable, man. And they were fucking awesome for Afghanistan. Like the tread was good. And they were my favorite, man. And uh, I fucking threw them in a burn barrel that day. You can't get rid of human Poo. feces smells. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Um, what I know, I noticed is um, uh, outside of poo, I've noticed <laughs> like I've been having these flashbacks of uh, uh, Afghanistan, like moments uh, in Afghanistan, like the mountains. The I even get I got a smell the other day. I smell like fucking footbread, and I was like, oh mm. man, dude. <laughs> Delicious food, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I miss it there. I spent, I think, combined with both. I only have two trips to Afghanistan, which I wish I had more. Yeah, um, I got five trips to Iraq, which is too many. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Iraq. <laughs> no offense to the ICTF and the ISO or ISOF brothers. Yeah. I'm just not a fan because it's so fucking hot. It's not the people. Yeah, it's not the terrain. It's the fucking temperature. Yeah, I remember I got in a, a car with Kevin when we hit the ground, and I was a young you know, motivated SIF staff sergeant. And we got in a car and it was a white, because uh, we used to still tar- acquire targets or <laughs> vehicles off targets. So we roll up a bad guy and then steal his car after we killed him. Um, but we had a whole fleet of cars that we would take to the the little shop shopping areas on the fucking FOB. And I remember it was so hot. I'm like, dude, turn on the air. And he turned on the air and it blew hotter air. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's not going to work, man. Let's just open the window. And I rolled down the window, and the breeze coming in through the window was hotter than the heat inside the car with the windows up. Yeah. It's... And so I was like, oh, I can't. Now I can't breathe. It's like a hot uh, air dryer or blow dryer. And I'm like, just roll up the window. Mm-hmm. And we just sat there and, and literally like a sauna mm. and stewed. <laughs> and, you know, we, we did all night operations, thank God. But even in the middle of the night, it was still like 100 fucking degrees in that place yeah definitely hot but afghanistan's completely different i probably have i think combined with those two trips maybe um almost a year and a half yeah close to that but it's it almost feel like it's been a i don't know man it's been it's like burned in my fucking memory mm-hmm. i love afghanistan yeah the yeah the terrain is pretty epic there it's a, it's a damn shame that all the bad stuff going on over there has happened i know i wish we could take you know, family and friends and go visit a lot of the places. That, yeah. I mean, it's funny because, I mean, you think about Germany post-war, you know, you know, 41 to 45 and all the melee and the, the, the tragedy and all the people, the civilians that were killed in, mm-hmm. in millions, Yeah, right? And then you look back uh, at that war and, and you learn the lessons, but you could actually go back to those battle scenes. Right, and see, yeah. yeah the I, veterans can I feel go like we're there. never going to be able to do that. Oh, never, dude. Yeah, I mean, imagine going back to where a significant firefight. We we actually talked about it going back to Vietnam. Right, right? yeah. Not back to Vietnam, but to Vietnam. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> we were in the Nam. <laughs> yeah. But that'd you be know, really that interesting. That was always impactful on me growing up because, you Your know. dad. Yeah, my yeah. dad's a Vietnam vet, so I've always wanted to go back and, he was an infantry officer in the first cab in Vietnam, so he was air mobile, and he's got some interesting stories uh, from back in the day, which 
Yeah, that would be cool. That was kind of my, you know, I know we've told you guys I wasn't able to read until recently, but that was bullshit. I was reading paperback books when I was a kid about like two years Lerp ago. Rangers and hell yeah, those and are the Mac little, V Sog and those, those were like uh, those were the things I liked to read when I was a kid. So it would be good. I don't know. It'd be interesting to go back and kind of see all that. And and now the cool thing is in Vietnam. I mean you know, it's not that expensive to fly there. As a matter of fact, you and I were looking at tickets to do, you know, round trip tickets to fly over and check it out, uh, which I think would be fun. So I didn't tell you this, oh, but God. I have a new uh, thing I want to do. <laughs> oh, no. So No, yeah. no, yes, no. Yes. <laughs> check your levels. Your levels are too high. <laughs> I got excited. Relax. Relax. My throat mic is getting excited. Your yeah, levels are way too high. There you go. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I want to start, we're going to start a special forces museum in Prescott. Really? Yeah. A non, we're going to start a nonprofit because here's what I thought about, right? So the idea was, my idea was, okay, there's a special operations museum. Right. Right. But it's got everything. Right. In fact, it's almost overwhelming because right. it's like PSYOPs, civil affairs, SMUs, USAFIC, Ranger Regiment, like it's right. USASOC, right. Airborne, everything. Right. But there, it, and I've actually got into a, a debate with this woman on Fort Bragg. <laughs> I walked in, you know, behind Swick. There's that little, yeah, the little one, the little yeah. one. There's it's, an SF, a small SF museum. There. It's it's an SF museum, and right. she was like, I was like, oh, this is a special uh, operations museum. She goes, actually, it's a special forces museum or a, a special forces museum, and it's dedicated only to special forces. Just so you know, and I was like, okay, that's cool, but you guys have like psyop stuff here, right? And like. Yeah, but still, we, 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 we're not dedicated to special... I'm like, well, you just said you were a special forces museum. And then you knocked her and out. Then you're, no, yeah, kidding. and then I got in an argument and then got kicked out. So <laughs> anyways, so when, when, I, when I look at this area, right? Veteran-friendly, mm-hmm. biggest population of veterans per capita, yeah. FFLs per capita, the right place to have a museum. Yeah. In fact, what I like about the idea is it's a, non, we can make, it's a non-profit, but portion a portion of the SF museum mm-hmm. will include all the history, right? Mm-hmm. And and can you imagine if we reached out to our peers and were like, hey, yeah, we're doing an SF museum. We need to start stocking the inventory and the stories to catalog, right, to archive to be able to present it in specific instances, right? Because yeah, cool. we'll have the chronological yeah. SF story, mm-hmm. which which won't change in chronological order but will change with what's presented on display. Right. So it might be Aaron Banks' suit or yeah. his uniform uh, or the or his book. And then, you know, and, and that would swap out with other stuff. Right. But chronologically, you would learn about Special Forces history throughout cool. time, right? Yeah. But on top of that, we would have, we would be able to bring in, because we would only have a, a, a fucking decade left yeah. before all these Vietnam vets, like John Plaster, like all these... Right. Dudes who are who are legends uh, to me and you, who need to be legends to the rest of America, need to come in, do book signings, talk about their experiences, and give a place for veterans of foreign wars to come yeah. and talk about their uh, experiences. On top of that, a segment or a portion of the actual SF Museum, just like the special for or special operations air museum. I actually know the curator there, mm-hmm. and I know uh, the USASOC historian. I know the SMU historian. So we got good relationships. My uncle works with JSOC. Like we, we could bridge that gap, right? Mm-hmm. The other portion is there's a, uh, a, a seminar area 
that's like an auditorium yeah. right, where guys would come and speak. But that we could hold workshops for veterans, period, mm-hmm. who are transitioning. Oh, that's cool. So now I we like could bring it. in... So instead of doing a nonprofit that solely helps veterans and it's not specific, we could have the space yeah. to help whoever the fuck we want. Yeah, that's cool. And so the money from the nonprofit that's donated, because I'm going to start like a GoFundMe or one of those campaigns mm-hmm. and then fucking push it through every outlet we have, that that money... Uh, will be um, open source. Right. So everybody knows exactly what the fuck it's spent for. Right. right? There's no questions. Yeah. It's all public information, mm-hmm. and um, every single penny of it is public information, and then we can get volunteers from Prescott because this is like the volunteer capital of the fucking world because everybody's <laughs> retired here. <laughs> so, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And then um, uh, actually, uh, you know, commit and dedicate something to our, our, our regiment that... Um, Hasn't been done before. Yeah, that's cool, man. I actually, yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, the the small things like the Rangers, for example, because you know Grant's a Ranger. Yep. Look, he could, we could bring him him talk about his experiences, Ranger Regiment, but we could have like a segment or a section of the museum well, do, that's thinking, dedicated to yeah. or other organizations. Like, uh, you know, like a rotating dedicational thing 100%. to other special operations units. That'd yep. be cool. And then a guest yep. speaker would come in and talk about their experience. That'd be neat, dude. I'm excited, man. That's cool. That's going to be cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And we have a place that we can work when we retire. <laughs> yeah. That we just go we in, drink a coffee, <laughs> show up, tell Let everybody. Let me tell you about Afghanistan and wear green berets while we're in uh, suits. Yeah, great. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Come Some, on, dude. It's, nope, somebody on social it. media is going to be like, you can't wear that green uh, beret with that big beard. Well, seals wear their sunglasses on their head because they don't have <laughs> headgear. They get to do that. We should be able to do that. It's not cool. No. <laughs> I wear mine at the gym. I've been doing it at the YMCA. I get my, You mad wear respect. your green beret at the... <laughs> mad respect. <laughs> People snap to attention. They're like, were you a green beret? No, no, no. I was a Girl Scout or something. <laughs> they actually wear green berets. I know. Scouts. I know. That's awesome. It's cool. They're green berets too, man. Yeah, everybody's a green beret. Everybody's everybody green beret. gets a trophy. Everybody gets yeah, a green beret. Participation, whatever. What the fuck <laughs> ever. So hey, if you guys are digging that idea, feel, and you're in the industry, because I know you, there's nerds amongst us, um, hit us up because <laughs> I, we need to learn and get educated on that. Process. He means nerds like him. I'm a dude. Yeah. I have a fucking glow in the dark uh, periodic table <laughs> fucking shirt. I was like. Uh, I just spent like four are you hours. Gonna drop this atom bomb on the podcast right now. I just spent four I have hours at the rock dark show. Dildo. Hey, it's <laughs> it, it is what it is, man. In my closet, it is. It's it's laced with agate, which is a natural stone that's used for. Rib, oh, I thought we were still talking about the pleasure. dildo. I was. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay. Oh, t- talk it's about bedazzled. the space rock that you brought in here. Which one? The oh, one. yeah. It was like a Joe Dirt moment. You were yeah. eating fries off of it, and they're like, that's space poo. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody's poking it. Yeah. Um, so it's just a, uh, it's an actual. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. it's calcium, um, which is, uh, it's actually limestone, and it has pyrite in it, which is, you know. Cool. You know, it's metal. Yeah. It's actually cool. I, that was funny. You had it on the table in here, and you're like, check this out, dude. I was like, what the fuck is that? You're like, is it, is, can, is it edible? You're trying to break off a piece to put in your mouth? It looks like a chocolate thing I can eat. Oh, mm. it, it looks delicious. But I'll, Is I'll, that Colorado chocolate? That's my favorite. Oh, I love Colorado <laughs> chocolate. Um, what else, man? Oh, we're an hour 26 into this. Damn, uh, which, you dude. Know we started that. We started this whole thing. Look who just walked in. Fucking Addison just walked in. Hey, aren't you supposed to be doing something? We were just talking shit about him <laughs> on the podcast, but um, uh, we will stop right now until he leaves, and he's gone. So Addison was <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Um, uh, this is great, actually. I was joking earlier because I'm like, I don't know if the podcast studio is going to work right here. It's like the one of the front doors of one of our buildings, so people just walk in randomly. Random like, fucking people. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Random or, dudes. Or Addison walks in, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? You're he supposed to be good. working. You smell that? No. He crop dusted us, man. Ooh, damn. Yeah, mm. that's not cool. That's not cool Anyways, I think we got to wrap it. Uh, do you want to... <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> we always. I meant the it. podcast, bro. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh man, it was a good shooting the shit podcast. We we what's more, I think what's comfortable is we don't have time constraints. Yeah, we talk until we're done fucking talking. Yeah, and if why you want, why? How come? The, like the most we've talked today is on the podcast. I, we've been working all day. We we're yeah. sitting across from Venting. each other on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going through a midlife crisis. My no, wife's he bought a Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking going bald. It's fucking terrible. My beard's all patchy. No big fucking, deal, man. Had, Shave it, dude. I had tits in a picture the other day. We had to Photoshop your fucking, nipple. Yeah, it is what it is, man. God Puffy damn. nipples. That's not. It's yeah. it's, it's it's expected it's, at our age, man. I guess so. You're like smacking my boobs right now, like <laughs> milking your tit. Oh god. Oh. Stop. All right. I gotta hit the gym. Are you going to the gym? Have you gone to the gym? I did. I went to. I I'm dude. Now that I'm, I felt like shit. Why? This whole like last two months since we moved here. Oh, just, you haven't get on I a was routine? Like, yeah, I was yeah. like, my schedule was off. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I was still working out, but it was like all different times. I'm finally back this month, and so I'm trying to friggin'. I always talk about discipline. I'm trying to maintain my discipline and yeah, work out every morning. Trying to, try to keep up with Ashley Horner. Yeah. Well, I can't I even. I don't know if I can. Dude, that, yeah. that girl. Girl's, yeah, she's a boss. Dude, I can't believe her, man. Ashley, you're a boss. Can I inject you into my butt, Ashley? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I don't even know what that meant, but <laughs> like she she is literally like the whatever's running through she's her veins boss. is yeah. she's I mean, she's a boss, man. It's yeah. awesome. She's doing it for charity too, which is cool. Yeah. Even cooler. Um, but hey, if you guys are interested, you guys <laughs> could check us out. Yeah. At PhilCraftSurvival.com. We got the dot com up. As opposed to the dot US, because way better, way better, yeah, way better uh, website. Everybody loves it, man. It's yeah, I think a the, lot of hard yeah, work. The interaction is a lot better. And yep. the yeah, the cells have been better. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, it's a uh, it was worth the effort, and um, uh, I think it is. Uh, everything's worth the effort that you put into it. So that's a life lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you. So if you that. didn't get shit out of this podcast, you did now. You just did now. Yeah. You made it. You made it all the way through an hour and twenty nine minutes. Good and job. Seconds. It, t- it took us that long to give yeah. you what you needed. Yeah. Um. What's What's going on next? Uh. Um, yeah. Upcoming courses for Fieldcraft Survival. We've got. Let's see. The eighteenth of August in Prescott, Arizona, a free survival seminar from nine to noon. Go on the website. Sign up. Uh. That way we know you're coming. Next up, uh, we've got, let's see, the 25th and the 26th of August. 25th is going to be here in Prescott, Arizona. It's a gunfighter pistol course. And the 26th, we're doing a gunfighter carbine in Phoenix, Arizona at Cowtown Range. And then the 8th and 9th of September, we just dropped another mobility class that we're going to do up here in Prescott, Arizona in September. And so check that out. I'm excited about that one. Uh, it's definitely cooler up here. We're several thousand feet higher. It was a little bit hot down in Wickenburg, so we're like, nah, man, let's run them in Prescott. That makes more sense. So we're going to do that up here. That is on the website as well. And then the 15th and 16th of September, we're going to be in Ceres, California, running a gunfighter pistol on the 15th and a gunfighter carbine on the 16th. Go to the website, sign up if you're interested. 
We are available for private instruction. I want to throw that out there. So we listed that on our website to do private consulting for folks. Uh, You can do that via telephone, and that's with myself or Mike. And uh, if you, you know, if you're a person that's looking for, you know, some higher end stuff uh, as far as training and some, you know, life mentoring and things of that nature, uh, reach out to us at training at fieldcraftsrevival.com. DM us, hit us up. Uh, We're available to do that as well. And yeah, so we've got a lot coming up and then we're on our way to Alaska. So, yep. Uh, stay, check us out on uh, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so After a giant it, yawn, you're like, yeah. Yeah, there are oh. so many things that run through my head at once. Uh, Philcraft Tweet is actually our Twitter handle and we usually do uh, releases on there. You could also text survival to 55498. Text survival to 55498. You can get on our SMS list. There's a couple thousand people on that. And then obviously you can go on to philcraftsurvival.com and sign up as a subscriber to our newsletter. And uh, we got a newsletter coming out this week. So cool. if you guys are interested in that, discounts, information. Naked pictures. Naked pictures Wait, of no. Curtis. Yeah, those aren't on there. Uh, with pasties Trust on. me, it wouldn't be that impressive. <laughs> it would not. It would not. All right, keep going. No, it would not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just emphasize it. It would not. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, and then uh, you guys can check us out. YouTube channel, the Philcraft Survival channel. Facebook, Philcraft Survival. Just Google us. You'll find us. Yep. Yep. All right, that's it, guys. Until next time. Stay alert. Stay alive.